You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Just let the music play out today. That's what I did. <laughs> anyway, I, I kind of like letting it play out sometimes. It just, yeah, it just soothes me. Set, set a tone. Yeah. Yeah. Set the tone. Yeah, set the tone. Just let it, let the music just play us out. Anyway, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, as I say every episode, welcome. Um, we're glad you're here today. We hope you get something out of this. We are a podcast um, designed for black men to kind of vent about issues, just general issues, things we probably wouldn't talk about normally. Um, we pride ourselves um, in, in being a therapeutic podcast. And, um, we gonna continue to be this therapeutic podcast. Anyway, what's up, Joe? How you doing, man? I'm good over here. Cool, Gerard. How you doing, there, brother? Hey, man, doing good. Trying to get better. Hey, I cannot um, complain <laughs> myself, and I want to. I want to be better too. So <laughs> that is awesome. Um, well, it is a new day, gentlemen, um, and you know how we do. As we get started, um, is there anything on anybody's mind before we get started today? Anybody need to talk about anything? No, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good today. Pretty solid. Okay, cool. I like that. Well, and obviously, Gerard, we're in season four. This is this is a new season. So let's go. Yeah, so we're here, and and Joel is in charge of this season. I, I am here, but. This is Joel's show. I'm just a part of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah. I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm going to go ahead and, and um, pass it on over to the boss player. Um, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for the mic pass. So, Gerard, uh, and, and I, again, looping you in, we are in a new season. So, one of the things that I wanted us to do was kind of change our focus because we've been – a lot of our episodes have been heavily motivated by by race, racism, hatred, separation, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But primarily dealing with racial experiences. And it's a huge topic, so it deserves a year's worth of podcasts or more. Um, and we also talked about a lot of things that were politically motivated that found themselves being tied to race also. And I was talking to Todd and I said, you know, one of the things I, I think it's it's a good time for us to start focusing on a little bit more now is emotions but not just emotions but how we deal with them how many are there uh uh, and in a relationship setting how do they manifest so today i wanted to to talk about something that we've not touched before which is a really sensitive subject for most and i'll go ahead and i'll be i'll be the the one to fall on the sword on this episode uh and, and say that i I'm very transparent. My wife knows that. She appreciates that quality about me. So anything I say on here, she will understand exactly where it's coming from and why I'm saying it. Uh, So just throwing that disclaimer out there for the listening audience. But I wanted us to do a little focus today on marriages, relationships, husbands, wives, partners, whatever it is. How do you deal with the emotions and the emotional roller coaster of a relationship as a man? And I don't. I know that Joel was never taught all the various emotions that can take place in a relationship. 
And in the man Bible that I grew up on, there were two emotions, happy, mad. <laughs> that was it. So as I got older, I realized, oh, man, it's a whole lot more emotions out there. And what I would like to do is kind of touch a little bit more on some of those emotions, including happiness and anger, but just touch on those a little bit more. And again, how they manifest themselves in a relationship, things that your significant other does that that gives you a certain emotion and how you deal with it as a result. And have you ever tried to tie your reactions or your responses based on emotion back to any other events, whether it's a previous relationship, childhood, etc. So I wanted to spend a little time talking about that. And, and I'll start off with this question. And this may be an easy question, but I'm asking it anyway, just to get us jumping. Have you ever been angry at your spouse, significant other, partner, however we refer to it? Have you ever been mad at them? Yes. Of course. Yes. Okay. So in that anger, how does that anger manifest itself in your relationship? Um, for me, I'm the type that just kind of, I'd say I get uh, uh, more more quiet, depends on the, the timing of it, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just kind of like take it in, like a, hmm, okay, let me just, just sit here for a second. And, uh, before I say something I don't mean to say, right? So that's right. the uh, most more tactful. Very few times does it come out, you know, until it just, you know, my wife. I can give her appreciate it. She's not very antagonizing, so it doesn't ever really boil over in that. that okay. point. But you know, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, okay, let me let me just back away real quick. Don't say anything right now. Because when it do, then it just starts all flowing out of your mouth, and sometimes mm -hmm. you don't know what you're gonna say. Uh, your voice starts getting louder, and you know you start, you know, you know, you can feel the anger starting to rise in you, and it's like time to kind of really cool it right now. So I can really think about it and, and see what if you know, try to point the finger at me and see what I can do in this situation. But if it's not me, then I'm still gonna be mad, and then we'll we'll kind of get there once I cool down. But mm -hmm. Occasionally, you know, that, that doesn't always happen. Most of the time it does, but occasionally it doesn't. Then, you know, you get a little argument going yeah. and then you have to calm it down, too. But it's, it's you know, learning yourself, you know, um, just dealing with different people in your life kind of helped me, I guess, channel my emotions and just being quiet. I guess it's kind of how I was just growing up. You know, I was a listener kind of. So I guess I was blessed with that and did not just somebody that blows up. I've seen some people that just go from zero to 100 real quick. But that yeah. kind of my demeanor is, you know, just kind of calm at first and just ponder, think about things. So trying to get it out of control, but I feel it. You know, you feel it inside bubbling up. Yeah. You try to, like, not speak as much when that happens. You try to think cal calmer thoughts because, you know, it could get bad. So that's yeah. kind of how I try to deal with it. Okay. What about you, Todd? So I was going to say... Um, like and I think Gerard touched a little bit on this, but you know when you when you grow up, you see people, you see individuals in your life, and you kind of mimic them, mm -hmm. um, or you don't mimic them, right? Based on the behavior that they right. exhibit. Um, I was a person who grew up with my grandmother, and my grandmother, I, and and I love my grandmother to death, right? Um, but she used to blow up. 
like straight mm-hmm. up. <laughs> she was, you didn't mess with her. She was OG back in the day, right? Right. Um, but as I got older, well, I say as I got older, um, I guess especially now she's more calm, understanding, listen, listens more, and <laughs> doesn't yeah. blow up at, like she used to, right? Um, so just growing up and seeing that transition, um, I kind of, I think I mimic that, right? Like I don't, I don't really blow up, um, at all. I say what I got to say and then that's, that's how it is. So an argument is kind of short for me because (laughs) I'm going to say what I need to say and you may not like it, but I said it and I don't know, maybe I may need to amend what I said later. And and we can do that, right? But right. um I'm I'm gonna tell you how I'm feeling at the time. Yeah. Right. But I've you know, I've always because you know, we always work on self health all the time too. So I you know, I've always read like never go to bed mad. Right. So I always make sure if if there is an argument, if we are mad at each other, I try to make sure that when I lay down and go to sleep. I don't have any of those those emotions waking up because gotcha. a gotcha. it's bad for 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 me it's bad mm-hmm. for my spouse it's bad for the 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 air that we breathe that negative air right because mm-hmm. um, y'all know me I'm I'm all spiritual like I I need these positivity vibes positive vibes flowing um, right. and you just don't you you don't want that to carry over into the next day and and ruin your joy. Right. right. So that's what I got to say about it. Okay. And and I like what both of y'all said. And, and re- I think that realistically for me, it's a combination of all of that. Like I did have the people that would blow up that I got to see firsthand all the time. I had the people that would uh, take it, keep it all in and you could tell the head was about to pop, but you really didn't know what they was thinking or feeling. You just left them alone. I saw all of it. Uh, so, so even now with my wife, I, I was the one when we first started dating, I would try to just like, let's talk about it. Let's talk through it. Let's go ahead and have this conversation because I never wanted to be called the person who would not express mm-hmm. themselves. And I also never wanted uh, an opportunity to make it go away right then, pass me by. Like if we can get by this right now, let's do that instead of waiting. So that's how I started. And I realized and recognized as we were having those conversations in those heated moments, my wife would have this blank look on her face, eyes glazed over. And I could see nothing but the anger in, in the situation or or the yeah. resentment towards me in the situation. Whatever it was, I could see it. But I didn't care. I still had to get my point across and, and try to fix it or have the conversation right then. Now, deeper into the relationship, of course, the, the evolution of an individual in a relationship, I don't do that anymore. Now I actually find myself shutting down a little bit more not really expressing not because i don't know how or i don't i'm afraid to i just i just compared to how it was before i feel like well this ain't the proper way to handle this anymore so i need to wait and we'll figure out another way so there's this range of emotions that we see in life and the way we deal with things specifically anger for me when i'm angry now i think gerard to your point i'm more towards that now i'm not going to sit here and say it's because of tact 100 percent but it's because like, all right, you, you're not listening to me. You ain't trying to hear me, whatever it is. So I'm just going to shut up. 
we'll leave it there. So it, it's interesting when you kind of think about how you deal with that. And I, I've always wondered, I wonder if the, the roles were reversed. Would do, do either of you, I'll ask this question, but this is connected to my thought. Do either of you believe that even in a marriage, the way that the general world looks at you is if you express your emotions in a relationship and your wife doesn't, would they say that you're weak and she's too hard? Do you believe that that might be a, a thing that the world is kind of leaning towards now? I, I think so. Um, I don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't. You do. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to hear. I, I, I think um, in, in the world we're in, um, with, with definitely with women, when men express themselves, I feel like it's tr trying to change a little bit. But I, I mean, I think it has levels to it. But when a man is like, you know, super emotional and super into his feelings and on certain topics, women will feel as if though that man is, you know, man up, you know, be a man in this situation. I'm the one who's supposed to, you know, be into my feelings a lot more. Uh, I mean, not all women, not saying it's all women or all men, but I feel like in general, you, you know, you just see comments, you know, I guess on social media and things about, you know, people will say it without thinking about it, but just like if someone's being so quote unquote soft or expressing themselves in a certain type of way, um, then at that point that that man is considered to be soft um, and not as masculine. It's not a masculine uh, point or trait that they, you know, that they attribute to that, which I don't think is right. But I, I feel like in our community today, especially in the, in the South and the black community, especially, I feel like that's a, that's a thing, even though a lot of the black men have been raised by single women um, when they express themselves or, or what they've seen then it's construed as being soft. So mm -hmm. from my point of view, I think that's the case. I don't think it's right and I hope it's getting better, but I think it, think it does happen. So go ahead. Chuck. So I'm going to say no, and I may have misinterpreted this question, but I was just going to bring up this fact, right? We have, this is, we're in a time right now where people are starting to express themselves. People are starting to um, really, truly learn about themselves. And um, we're in a time right now where people aren't following uh, the gender norms, right? Um, we're, we're in a time where people, they're going to be who they want to be. And being who they want to be, whether that is a masculine uh, you know, female or feminine female or masculine male or feminine male, that's who they're going to be. And I mean, let's Joe, we've, we've been on, you remember we had bull on and she yeah. said straight up, I am a very masculine female. And I think that sometimes dudes are put off by me mm -hmm. because, because of that. Right. But yeah. she's, she's a, she's still a female and she still loves dudes. Mm -hmm. But but the but then there's that that um, society says shoot I can't be with her she can't be more masculine than me, right? So mm -hmm. um, I I guess I say all that to say I think right now we're in a in a gender bending time where where people are wanting to be whatever they want to be or or be the be, let me rephrase that they want they're going to be their authentic self whether that's you know masculine or feminine. And I mm -hmm. think that they're going to be around people who are going to accept them being their authentic selves, whether masculine or feminine. 
Man, that's pretty, that's pretty heavy right there. Uh, and, and Gerard, you said something and I'm going to, I'm going to say something controversial here. Um, when you mentioned about the, the thought process specifically here, like in the South and in the black community, how we look at men that uh, express themselves emotionally. And Todd, we even did the episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about where I apologized to Drake because yeah. of, I, I was, I was not, I was not cognizant of the fact that he was just expressing himself. And because that wasn't the norm, yeah. I didn't accept it. Yeah. And it's like, dang, here I am saying mental health is, is necessary. And this dude is expressing himself. And if he doesn't, he going to be having to deal with it mentally. I'm cause I'm a, I'm a part of this problem. So I was trying to be more aware of that. Um, so when I think about the, the case for all of us, I'm, and I'm speaking for all of us and forgive me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but I grew up in a place where, Again, older brothers, uncles, cousins, whoever it was, if you didn't do something, oh, man, you soft, you a punk. That's what it was. And Gerard, you said something about the majority of them. It's interesting because a lot of these dudes are raised by single females. Well, I believe that's the problem. And when I say problem, hear me out, because I come from a single mom. Two siblings, single mom. All of us got a different father. So I'm, I'm, I check every box for the stereotype. And when I think about it, I'm like, if I'm being honest with myself, there's no way my mother can teach me how to be a man because she's not a man. She can do the best job she can to make sure I stay in line and then show me all the things that it that a woman is supposed to be. But that's where the line stops. Mm -hmm. I think where the challenge comes in for a lot of us is we see all of these feminine characteristics. If that, to Todd's point, if the if my mom's authentic self was to be very emotional about things sometimes. Now that's every emotion, so including her anger when she wanted to spank me, but uh, she was very emotional. So that's what I saw. I didn't have the balance of a man. So for me, I didn't realize how bad it was in terms of negotiating those feelings until I, I started getting a little older, like the high school level, and, and I would be so angry about something, but what I was angry about was stupid. And I didn't attribute that to the fact that I didn't know how to navigate anger looking at it from both perspectives or both sides. Like some of you has to be mad, some of you has to be the one to calm you down. If you've only got one side, then that's all you're going to know. And I, I, I liken that to a lot of guys in my neighborhood that grew up that were considered the hood dudes, the thug dudes. These would be the same dudes that you see crying or or getting quitting the basketball team every other week because they was mad. Like yep. the yep. same people that are supposed to be tough that were raised by women have no idea how to manage their relation. I mean, sorry, their emotions. So as a result, the outward manifestation is something that would look similar to what we would, quote unquote, a woman to do in that reaction or response. You get what I'm saying when I say that? So like my mom, like I said, she's extremely emotional. If I responded to something extremely emotional, it'd be based off of what I knew, what I saw. So the people around me that knew my mom, when I responded the same way my mom did, it would be an expectation. Like, oh yeah, he yeah, acts just like his mama. You get what I'm saying when I say that now? Yeah. And, and I think about now, like all of the stuff that happens that shapes you when you grow up now you get into your marriage and if you've never dealt with these types of things how do you negotiate how do you navigate the situation and i look at myself my mom was this way so 
either I'm going to be all that way or I'm going to be working my butt overtime to not be that way. So I don't know if I deal with, especially talking about anger right now, I don't know if I properly know how to deal with that because of what I grew up on, to your point, Todd, about what you see. So I just thought that was interesting. And I think that the controversial part of that is I think that dudes like myself who were raised in these situations with single single mothers are less capable of managing and negotiating their feelings because they don't have that balance. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think I could. I'm not going all the way second that. I'm not all the way going to concur with that because, you know, I think that there are, and this is my opinion, like, I think there in this world there are people who who can balance. There are women raising single people who can who can balance the act and show the child both sides of the coin. Obviously, there are going to be some things that that a woman cannot show a child, like a a, a boy, right? Like it. There's gonna be those things that have to come from some type of male figure, right? Because again, there's gonna be things that just as a woman you're not going to understand it right and yep. and and you know me as a man like if i had a daughter there's going to be things that i'm not going to understand that she's that she's going to go through right preach so so yes i can i concur sorta however like i said i think there there may be some people who who are who are able to balance to at least give their child a you know at least a a an inkling of the of the balance right and and then i think let's think about this obviously you grew up single um single parent right so mm-hmm. did you have like you said you had your uncles and stuff around so did did you have like a fa- like a male family figure who kind of balanced the role for you because a lot of times we don't there in in our community we don't have that that you know it's the mother figure and that's it and right like it's mother and grandmother yeah yeah and you don't <laughs> have that balance. So yeah. I was like, did you have, or, do, you know, like, I guess, could we could we say, do a lot of people have that balance or have some other person? I guess we won't know, right? Because we're just three right. people. And, the, and there's, you know, 16 million, at least in the United States, there's 16 million black people, right? So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. No, that's a, that's a good question. And, and for me, let me, let me qualify that statement. Good examples, zero except for Byron's father. And, and you know Byron, yeah. except his father. But they weren't even in Michigan the majority of my, my time growing up. So while, while he was a family member, for sure, and a great example, he wasn't around there for me to really be able to pull from his experience in that regard. So I, I do agree with you, though. There are some people who, who do have that, and they're in a, in a, in a, considering the circumstance. They're not in the worst situations. If you have a father figure or a male figure in your life that cares about you, that's awesome. That is awesome. Don't take that for granted. And then there's some that that may have dudes in their life, but they may not be great examples. Uh, doesn't mean don't, you know, you can't appreciate them, but, you know, that, that's just the reality of the situation. So, and even again, if they're to, not a great example, maybe they can still impart the, the piece of wisdom that you may right. be missing. Right, which is that's where I was going to. So, yeah, I, I agree. That's why I said you don't want to take that for granted either uh, because just the perspective in general, even if it's the wrong, we learn a lot from wrong perspectives. At least I know I do. When you figure out what you're doing wrong, it helps you figure out what you need to do right. So I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, so I got to watch my brother growing up bump his head up against every wall possible. And as a result, I didn't want to test them same waters, so I went different direction. Now, I bumped my head in them other directions, but I didn't repeat the same mistakes. And even even talking about that emotion thing, my brother and my mother are so close. Like, their rage level is hit instantly. And I watched him lose opportunities after opportunities because of his anger, his, his inability to deal with it. And Todd, you said it, I agree with it. That number one, I do think there's something genetically in, ingrained in us that connects us a little bit to our parents. Yes, but I also believe more so than that, it's what do they show us? So while they may have some same personality characteristics, the anger, while it's a personality characteristic, it was, I mean, man, it was emboldened by the fact that that was how my mom was. So that's why I say that. And, and I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with what you're saying either, Ty, because I think that there's always two sides to a coin. Um, but when I just look at the bigger pictures, it's kind of funny when I compare that thought process about whether a, uh, a, a son, Joel, born in this situation, single mom, this is her issues with her emotional level. Now, as a result, it's mine. And being like, well, you know, they may be able to give you some semblance of it. I, it makes me think, and I don't want to get too far off topic, so I apologize for taking this left, but it makes me think a lot about um, the black and white issues that we discuss and how somebody who's not black will tell you how you should be able to respond to something or deal with something, even though they've never been there. So I kind of compare those two. So unless you actually are able to walk in those shoes, to your point, Todd, again, about saying, a woman can't necessarily say because she's not been in those shoes. She can't really tell you, but she can give you enough. It's kind of like, well, can if a white person is telling a black person how they should deal with being black, is it the same thing there? Just, just an interesting thought. Mm -hmm. um, well, mm, never mind. I'm not going. <laughs> I could go all the way left, but I'm not even going to take that take that, <laughs> that road today. So understood. I'm, I'm going. Um, reclaim my time and say this. <laughs> um, I don't know. Fair. Yeah, man. I think a lot of it somewhat is you look at nature versus nurture a lot of times too. Some some people have innately like an ability to be calm in certain situations. You can like I think about my son that I have now and how young he is. I just think about his demeanor and how he carries himself. You can just see it from kids when they're younger how their spirit is gonna be if they're gonna be someone who is very like lively or someone who is going to be you know more calm and uh so you add that on top of what you see and if you have someone who's a lively person and they see someone who's you know super lively all the time and get angry then that's somebody who's probably going to explode mm -hmm. um but if you get someone in the middle then you don't know which way it's going to go and then that that parent can drive them one way or another with their what they call emotional intelligence you have to kind of figure out what your emotional intelligence is what your triggers are like we was talking about relationships get back to that you kind of have to figure out what your triggers are and figure out what your partner's triggers are and try to find a way to balance them them both so you like like you were saying joel you noticed that you know when you're with your wife she you know if you were trying to talk to her sometimes it just didn't matter because she was going to be angry anyway or something mm -hmm. and uh so you learned okay i, I gotta handle a different tack with that and that's emotional intelligence. Um, I feel like I've learned that with several different people, like with work relationships, with relationships with my wife at home, on 
teams, you know, you learn how to deal with different people in different ways because they they handle stuff a lot different and they were like raised by different people and they see things in different ways. So you have to be, you know, strong enough to adapt and, you know, take your feelings out of it just so you can get to the best solution. And uh, your upbringing kind of helps you with that or can hinder that. So uh, it's a very complex topic. <laughs> <It is. laughs> hey, hey, you you make me think about something. So staying on the, the topic with um, or the, the specific piece you mentioned about relationships again, have has your wife ever made you sad and you either didn't feel comfortable because of that growing up feeling like it make me look weak if I do this or you felt like she might tell you you were weak. Have you ever experienced either one of those sides? I've had sadness, yes, for sure. Uh, I haven't had that feeling of, oh, she might, you know, think that she would think I was weak. I just, I think it's more so I might mention it in passing just because I don't truly know how to handle the situation at times. It's like, do I come at this situation head on and like, you know, you, you know, I felt this type of way because you did this or uh, should I just kind of let it go? Am I, am I in my feelings right now? Or is this really something that she did that she should know about so that she doesn't do it again? Because I am feeling a certain type of way about it. And um, I guess later on, I've come to the conclusion, people are allowed to feel the way that they feel, and I am too. So if I'm feeling a certain way about it, then I should approach it in a calm you know, manner and talk to her about it um, so that we can so it doesn't fester and it keeps happening over and over again. That's one of the things. I, I'm a type of person that can let things go. Um, you know, usually try to be patient. I can let things go and go and go, then they can fester. Then it's a bigger problem later on down the line. So I try to work with just talking about things, like you guys said, at that moment in time. But if if not, like you said, the, the festering can happen. But especially when it's dealing with sadness, yeah. you're like, man, I just kind of, you kind of hurt me right here. I'm not like yeah. angry right now. It's kind of like that that heart, you know, it's like, man, like you really did that, you know, like you didn't yeah. think about how that would make me feel when you did that. And uh, it's, a, it's a definitely a challenge. It's, that's it's like that's the biggest emotion that I, I don't like dealing with is that mm. I can deal with anger better than I can deal with, with sadness, you know, I guess yeah. for myself. You <laughs> know, I don't think that, um, my goodness, that's loud in my ear. I don't think that like my, my wife has ever made me like sad. I think I think that I have been sad, right? And and she has tried to do the best that she can to bring me out of said situation, right? Um, and I think sometimes as a dude, like it's hard for me to show emotion because again, to like you said earlier, Joe, like we have to have this I'm a man attitude, right? I don't do this. Right. But um i have learned <laughs> i have learned that when i write and that's it's probably why i don't write a lot anymore um which i probably should get out of that um but when i write I, sometimes i'm very good at at um conveying emotion through like a written word right mm -hmm. and i'll say it this way when George Floyd was killed. Um, the organization that I was, uh, what I was working at, right? They, <clears throat> they didn't say anything about it, like not one word, mm -hmm. right? The only thing that was said about it was, "Hey, 
make sure if you put something on your social media is that it doesn't violate our like our condition, you know, our our policy, right? Because mm-hmm. if so, will you will be disciplined. Mm. But that was it. There was nothing no, no acknowledgement, no anything. Right. And sometimes and I don't know my parents, my wife too, they they tell you like I I so I I'm a I'm a if it's on my mind I'm going to do it. And I think I get it from my aunt because my aunt is the same way. She's like, screw it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, I don't care what happens to me. And I don't know, maybe that that's there's some inert, you know, African traits to, to uh, uh, attributed to that, right? But I wrote a letter to our, um, our like, president, our, or, our organization's head guy, right? Okay. Like, bypassed everything else, went straight to the top. Right. And when I wrote that letter, I read it first, right? Because I needed a review. And then I just broke down crying, like mm. reading the letter, right? So, you know, to bring all that back, like, I don't think that my wife has made me sad, but I do think that she has tried to help me in times of sadness. Even being a woman, she may not understand, like, what needs to be done or what needs to be said, but just bringing that you know, loving, nurturing, caring attitude to the, to the party can help. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this much. I've, I've definitely, my wife has made me sad and (laughs) to be fair, I'm, I've made her sad equally as much, I'm sure. Uh, But, but the one thing I will say is that there's been times where I didn't want to say anything because I figured she, she, well, not figure, but, I got in my own mind and thought she might try to act like I'm a punk or something if I say this. And then I also believe a piece of that is me doing a number on myself. Because in my mind, I'm thinking I'm not supposed to feel like this or act like this. If I say it, I already know she's going to respond like this. Not even giving her a chance, a fair chance to, Todd, like you said, to bring that nurture. Because there's nothing, there's nothing like that nurturing feeling from a woman, whether it be your wife in that type of love or a mom or grandma or aunt, or, you you know, like there's something special about that, but to know that you could potentially be chasing that off out of fear for some goofy concept that you got in your mind from years ago, you're stymieing yourself and you're blocking that potential growth. Cause when you feel that feeling, it kind of changes your perspective also. So even, even, when I talk about uh, with the business my wife and I have, and I tell people, you know, if, if you're getting married just because you love your wife or you love your husband, you're going to have a tough time because love is just like the weather, just like the seasons. It's an emotion and it changes. You're not happy all the time. You're not in love all the time. You're not angry, sad, etc. Whatever the emotion is, you're never going to be that all the time. So you need to figure out what you're beyond the love. So for me and my wife, we realized that what always connected us, even when we didn't love each other that much, was the fact that we had this desire to help the people in our community. That always is something we can fall back on that connects us. And, and I also say that understanding that emotions are what they are and that they change. If you're responding, and Gerard, this is to what you were saying earlier. If you're responding in a moment based off of an emotion you're making a mistake 
Because as soon as that emotion is gone, that feeling is gone, everything you said or did, you're going to regret. So why not wait for a second? And this is one of the challenges I'm dealing with personally. And I think I need to still go and sit down on somebody's couch to, to work through some of this stuff. But man, if I could deal with the Joel putting the block in front of himself emotionally, I think I could be doing so much better in life right now. Man, that's 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 the word, man. Because it's looking inside yourself. I feel like self introspection um, does a lot for each and every one of us. You know, looking inside yourself again, figuring out you know your triggers and figuring out like you know what makes you angry, and then also realizing like anger in itself is not you know it's it's only hurting you. It ain't generally hurting the other person most of the time when you're angry. Um, again, you don't forgive someone for them. You forgive for yourself so you can let that go. You can let that off your heart so that you can feel better about what's going on. You don't ever have to forget what's going on, but you want to just let it go so you ain't got that stress in your life and that stress on your relationship uh, by holding on to certain things for so long. Um, just I've, I've tried to do that more, just figuring out what, what my triggers are and um, you know, introspectively looking at myself. And, you know, like you said, talking to somebody can can always help. You know, I talk try to talk to my dad sometimes about things like that when it's and if it's been a good sounding board, you know, for me or friends or things like that sometimes. And it, it's 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 good. And, you know, we have this open protocol, like you said, that got therapy where we should have that relationship. Where we could talk to each other about the hard things that we go through relationships. I feel like it would help a lot of us out, especially black men, to get into those emotional places where it's difficult. And, you know, you may feel a little bit like, oh, they don't think I'm a, you know, I'm a little soft right. there. But no, it's, it's just how you feel, man. You know, go for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's uh, who gives a damn if you if it's oh I'm going to be soft? Who cares? Yeah. At the, at the yeah. end of the day, at end the, the end day. of the day, I'm going home to my spouse. Right. <laughs> and I'm going home to my children. It's going to mm -hmm. be my spouse and my children whose opinion I care about and they're not going to care that I'm emotional because my children, they're definitely going to be emotional. Right. Cause they, you know, they're, they're ch the children, they don't know how to, they just know I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm feeling this way. There's no mm -hmm. like putting it in a box and saying, Oh, well I'm okay. Mm -mm. They're going to let you know. So yeah. they don't care. So who gives a, who cares? Like who gives a yep. damn if, if, if Johnny down the street says, man, you know, Todd, he's soft, bro. Like, you know, really him crying. The day. No. Yeah. And, and, and I feel Drink like, no. yeah. here's the thing. I feel, and, and I'm going to bring this up, and I think it falls right in line with relationships. I think that all three of us are, are former college athletes, right? Um, obviously, I had the pleasure with hanging with Gerard for a while. <laughs> and, but, Joe, we, you was in Texas, right? Yeah. So, think about your teammates what they like oh you oh you like this girl oh you like that girl oh she she this she's that don't be talking to her she's this she's that like i can't believe you talk oh bro you this you that oh look at you brother they are look i say that to say we've been playing sports our whole lives or or at least our younger life right um yeah. and those as a as a 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 year old kid because that's about your your college time um mm -hmm. you these these things that your teammates are saying 
are are being impressioned on you right and and you carry those things and you and there i'll be honest there's been times where i'll be like "Ooh, i might like her but it's like "Ooh, i can't do that because because so-and-so said i can't do this (laughs) right and and if they see me doing this i'm gonna feel some type of way and they're gonna talk about me and they're gonna say that i'm this and i'm that and I think that we have to get over that fear first, yes. but it's hard yeah. to get over that fear because this is the behavior that that we're that we're putting out into into the universe, right? And this is the behavior that that, that goes on um, in in these locker rooms on these on these fields. Yes. And and yes. why is that? Because let's be real, Joe, you play basketball, so it's like fifteen to twenty, y'all. Me and Gerard played football. It was 105 of us, right? So 105 <laughs> people from 105 different backgrounds. Preach. And, and a lot of them came from broken homes. They're going to mm-hmm. give you a piece of their brokenism, and it's going to implant on you. And yes. now you have to deal with not only your own brokenisms, but you have to deal with theirs, too, because your young, impressionable mind, they put it on you. Yes. Oh, man, hey. that's, that's a... That's right on, man. But I just think about some of the things you saw and heard and did in that time frame. Talking about the software going around. Yeah. Like you, mm-hmm. you you did anything, you know, with just to dance with somebody like oh yep. he's a soft. He's oh he's he's oh he's soft, man. You can't yeah, caking. He locked up. He got a yep. girlfriend. What you yep. got a girlfriend for? I ain't never gonna have a girlfriend, you know. Yep. Like, yep. Yep. And yep, see, man. I'll never forget I, I was taking my I was on a visit to South Carolina and um had a had a, a, a friend who played f- uh, football in South Carolina. Um so we go out to ooh, what was it? Not South Carolina State. Maybe it was Columbia State. One of the HBCUs that was this real close to uh University of South Carolina. Anyway, we it was like Delta Week there. The weekend I went. So I'm I'm 16, 17 years old. You know, I'd never been in a club before. My mm-hmm. ass is at a club. <laughs> and not only am I in a club with grown-ass people, like I'm with, uh, y'all remember Sidney Rice? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Sidney Rice and, and, and my cousin, right? Like, and we all hanging out. Now, Sidney's getting ready to be drafted at the end of the the, the year right to to because who do you end up playing for whoever the the saints i think um but anyway long story short i'm out with these cats and obviously because of his status everybody wants to be around him all the females mm-hmm. want to be around him so i am with him by proxy right and everybody's like oh oh come here come here we got this recruit we got this recruit and like some girl comes over and dance on me. Now I'm again, I'm 16, 17 years old. I'm like, I ain't never been to no club. I don't know what I was supposed to do, right? Like, like can I can I touch her? Like, I you know, I don't know. Right. And like, <laughs> and like they're telling me straight up, like, oh bro, you soft, bro. You ain't trying to, bro, get on that ass, bro. Go ahead, jump on that ass. Bro. Like they're telling yep. me all these things. And yeah. me as a young, impressionable kid, I don't know it. I'm still learning, right? Like I don't yeah. know, but Again, they're telling me these things. You soft. You doing it. You ain't this. You ain't that. You ain't shit. All these things. And all those things are going in my mind subconsciously. And they will manifest themselves later in life. Yes. Yes, they will. Yes. That's what you, you learned a lesson right there. Though This is what I'm supposed to do to a girl yep. at the club. Yep. yep. Exactly. Like, and I'm doing something wrong. 
Yes. And if I'm doing it wrong or if I see somebody doing it wrong, I correct it with negative behavior. Absolutely. Man. So now, now, Todd, you sharing that story. I have to share this one in high school. Um, I because this is now I can now thinking about it is so crazy how I can now start picturing these events. I went to prom with a girl. She was not attractive at all. She was really, really cool. And and I, I enjoyed being around her, just just her presence in general. I never really liked her, but, you know, kind of became my girlfriend. I'm sure y'all can relate to one of them situations where you just wound up being in a relationship, not really understanding how you got there. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> the funny part about this, hold on, let me let me stop this phone real quick. I still remember vaguely one of my good friends saying, oh, you going to prom with her? And at that moment, it made me so mad because I don't think, I don't know what happened, but this is the only time I can remember where I did the opposite. So I'm over here checking him because he being superficial the entire night. Every time I saw a picture after, I was like, oh my God, what was I thinking? But it was all because of that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. You like you saying this? I'm on. What you mean? Yes, yes. So, yep, did it on purpose, and then had the audacity to look back and be like, "What was I thinking?" And and it's so funny, like, because tied to your point, it's going to manifest itself. So, what do you think I would never do again after that situation? You wouldn't even put yourself would in that situation. Exactly. I would never give an opportunity to somebody who I thought wasn't attractive, but might've been a quality person. Never happened again after that. So that's again, mishandling a situation because you subconsciously learned a lesson, even though you took this stand. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just sit literally listening to this conversation. I just sat here and I was like, Yep, here it is, and I'm going to say it because <laughs> I know that it's happened, and I know yep. that this is something I would never speak to anybody about this, right? Like, right. I would never talk about this Yeah. Um, because it's just kind of one of those understood things, like, this is what you have to do. Yep. Now, now, and, and, and let me also say this, that was a rule for like a certain season of your life. It was like once you hit like maybe 27, 28, you could you could bypass that and nobody yep. and everybody was cool about it. Like yep. you know, nope. no nobody cared anymore. Yeah. Nobody cared anymore after that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah nobody cared. And and it's and those are the these are the unwritten rules that we go by that that we've learned subconsciously that we've always carried that are again, they're negative, right? Um mm-hmm. but we, again, we've had this this it's a cycle, right? And, yeah. and like I said, using the football example, 105 minds, get, and each one of them give you something, you're going to have 105 different opinions that in your brain that that's going to manifest itself at some point. Yep. Yep. Man, I'm talking to me, man. I remember just thinking about, like, you know, I was in school and, you know, had a girlfriend in college and, you know, try not to, you know, do, do too, too bad out there in the streets. Right. And, you know, you know, people say, oh, you soft, you ain't out here, you know, getting after it and, you know, doing this as much as you could or whatnot. And then, you know, one thing hit me, one guy, somebody just saying, out of everybody on the team, who would you have date your sister? And then mm. the dude said me, you know, I'm like, a compliment. you know what I mean? It's kind of like a compliment. It's yep. like, so you recognize that this is good quality yep. to somebody not to be out here in the street super hard, but is this right now, 
is it a compliment or is it necessarily not a compliment? Right. Like, <laughs> right. You know, somebody can take it over like, oh, it's because he ain't out here doing this. You yep. know what I mean? He ain't a dog like some of us is. Yeah. You right. Know? Yep. So it's kind of like it could be a backhanded compliment over one in itself. It was just kind of like, man, I don't know how I feel about this right now. Right. You know? <laughs> trying to say, but, you know, now I have to th- think about it. It's like one of the things that comes up is like if you're somebody who treats a woman with respect at times and you're in a college scene, then you may be seen as soft. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody out here just, you know, treating women badly, you know, doing your thing, which mean people do in college, you know. Yeah, you're, you know, you're learning yourself. You, yeah, yeah, you learn yourself. Uh, you can do it respectably, or you cannot. I mean, it's up to you what you want to do. But right. uh, you know, that's a that's a trait that's you know applauded. You know what I mean? So uh, this that that baggage hangs with you for for a while. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that's such a great point. Such yeah. a great point. But, once you get out of that season, whatever that age, the I, I like to yeah. think the age is like 26, 27. Yeah. I, I feel that that's the the right age. Somewhere <laughs> and, in there, yeah. Yeah, then you're good yeah. to go, right? Like yep. maybe maybe the age is 25 plus or minus three on each side. I don't know. I feel like once you get out of college, you're not around all those same people that you were around. I feel like at that point, you see a lot of things dissipate. It's like, oh, yeah. we were all trying to, you know, for each other a little bit, and yep. then now it's like, oh, that don't really, really matter. If you like her, you like her. Don't yep. do your thing, man. And this yep. is another thing, and and this is another thing that you that you see manifest itself. You'll see dudes who who will talk that game, and then when they get behind closed doors, they oh. they they're they're showing their true emotions to to yep. the, the girl that they're yeah. dating or whatever. I, I have seen that. And it's funny because you'll be talking, you may be friends with that girl, just platonic friends, and you're just talking to them, and they're like, they do what? Oh, they right. don't do that with me. Right. No. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You're lying. He's not like that. He's so sweet. Yep. And I'm like, is he? Because I've never seen this side of him. And then once your friends find out, then they bring it up. And we're talking about locker room, right? They bring it up in right. the locker room. Then somebody right. fight. <laughs> so Man. yeah, all bad, all bad. Uh, and Gerard knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like he, <laughs> we we've been in the same locker room together. We've seen it. Yeah. Oh, and it's just like it's so you know. You everybody knows it at that certain point. I think you get older, you like you just see it. Like, bro, just be yourself, man. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> stop fronting, man. Stop, stop yeah, fronting. Stop front. You like her? Go ahead. I mean, you know, she didn't do her thing. So what? You know? Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know now, you good. Just, right. As long as she still ain't, you fine. Yeah. 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 You just yeah. gotta have the conversation, bro. I, I get it, bro. You, you like her, that's cool. I'm I'm yeah. cause because yeah. after a while they're just gonna leave you alone anyway. So yeah. right. You right. know, the you know, fast forward to the day, you'll see someone who was with someone who was, you know, maybe been out there a little bit, and you'll see them now. But it's like, hey, they got kids, they married, they happy. Exactly. Hey, who who's who who's not happy right now? Right. Exactly. You're still worrying about all this, and you ain't happy. That's reflection. Yep. So it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish, and and I I guess it is still very crucial to that personal development to kind of go through those stages. But I wish I thought about that when I was younger. I I, I it was a girl in high school I wanted to date, but I I went to the 
prom with the one girl, so I was already like, well, I can't do that because this. And I hooked her up with another partner of mine so they could go to prom together. After all that was said and done, because, you know, prom to the next day in high school years is like uh, two, three years. Yeah. That, that much time has passed. So emotionally, that might have been your girlfriend on prom, but the next week, somebody else that y'all could be together. That's just how it is. Oh, and, damn. So after high school, I had the opportunity, but I felt I felt like I was doing something wrong. Yeah. So it's just, you know, again, in, in the, the overall topic for today's show is just dealing with emotions. Emotionally, I liked her. Emotionally, I was sad because I couldn't talk to her because I thought in my neighborhood I'd be I'd be uh, the shady dude for doing that. So it's just, again, to y'all's point, there's so many things that you're dealing with when you're making decisions. And the hope is that when you do hit that 25, 28, that range, you start to turn that corner. But what happens when you don't? And now you're you're 40 years old, 41 years old, like Joel, and you're in the situation with your wife and you see the situation and you know you could probably handle this different. And if you do, the outcome will be totally different. But you feel like, and this has been my legit experience. Like, I feel like I've taken that backseat so many times. I ain't going to do it this time. Even though I know how this is going to turn out, <laughs> I'm willing to do it. I'm willing, I'm willing to go all the way this time. And, and I still think that even though, you know, maturity-wise, I have evolved as an adult. Um, I feel like I was so damaged as a child, though, that I'm still playing catch-up now. So I'm learning these lessons and somebody else who may have already experienced and been able to talk through or work through their emotions, good or bad, they're more advanced than I am. And even though I may be older, they have more experience on dealing with this. So they're more equipped and more capable. So heck, their their marriage may look better than mine on most days. You know what I mean? And that's what I, the one thing I wish is that I was able to, to have some type of an outlet when I was younger so I didn't have to go through this slow learning curve to where now that I am married, I'm dealing with this stuff like it's all brand new. Because every girlfriend I had prior to being married, I cheated on every last one of them. Every last one. It, it was like it was a relationship, but it didn't matter. It wasn't real. So this is the first time, even still, <laughs> first time, even still, that I'm dealing with the legit honest monogamous relationship so that means emotionally my connection to it is different so my feelings will get hurt easier i will be worrying about and thinking about things that i never worried and thought about before because it didn't matter with them so i yeah. feel like even now i'm playing catch up with my emotions yeah yeah i feel like you when you're in a monogamous monogamous relationship you open yourself up to more hurt because yes. yeah. when you are not doing those types of things um you expect it out of the other person. So yep. if they were to do it, then you would be, you know, hurt so much more and devastated yes. because yes. like I gave you my all and I gave up my pathways because yep. I thought you were worth it. Yep. And then someone to at that point, you know, take that trust that you've given them and then throw it away for someone who grew up like most of us have and to uh, the things that we've done and, you know, how we carried ourselves just, I mean, just like you said, spoke of Ty, the 18, 19, what we thought was cool and what we did and how we got out of it. But it still was like, oh, man, that's that's what I was. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving that life up for you, basically. Yeah. And yeah. to have someone, you know, do that, it could set you up for a very, very hurtful feeling. So you are more um, invested in this relationship due to yeah. that. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And I think that's why, to your point, right, I think that's why I say my wife has made me sad. I believe that's why. 
because mm-hmm. I had never been made to feel that way, like that vulnerable feeling for real, for real, until my wife. And I never understood when people would be dating and stuff and they'd be worrying and crying. Like, I'm like, what? So, right. Like, so go, okay, leave them, leave her, do your (laughs) own thing, go find somebody. It's cool. But they were invested and I didn't connect with that investment that people make emotionally. Did not resonate. And then now I'm so invested. The smallest things is just like, man, it's like she just uh, took my daughter and and threw in the bathtub or something if you heard me like something like that happened you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. but it's because i capable capability wise i don't think i'm there yet to be able to fully deal with the emotion of being in a committed invested relationship all the way so when i experience any one of them emotions i've always got to and this is what helped me to figure out that beyond the love thing all right when things ain't going the way you want them to joel what can you always lean on i can always lean on the fact that this is what what we both want to do and this is a sign of both of our characters. Let me just sit with that for a while. Because right now, this other stuff, I don't like none of it. I don't even like her. And I'm going to have to cut y'all. Boom. We had time. Final thoughts. <laughs> All good, brother. All right. So, obviously, Joel will finish this out. Um, Gerard, do you, you got anything? No, nah, man. That was a good discussion, man. You know, it's, it's all about therapy. And this is definitely part of it for men, just discussing relationships and life. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm just gonna say this. I mean, this was this was very therapeutic, <laughs> especially you know being able to actually think about what what you've done in the past and how you how you um, you know handled it then, you know, and now how you handle how you would handle it now. I think just being able to speak about that that's that's been awesome. So yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. I don't have any homework this week. So, um, Joe. All right. Well, bringing it home, uh, I want to thank y'all brothers for allowing me to have that conversation because I am currently still married and that means that I'm currently still working on some of those things. Uh, so just being able to say it out loud, like you said, Titus, it's, it's empowering. Um, it, it makes you feel much, much better. And then to hear other people sharing some of their similar experiences, it's always good. So if I can suggest anything, if you can get a group of people that you trust have your best interests in mind, and, and just share and build with them, it'll work wonders. Cause I know that Gerard and Todd both don't want to see me in a horrible divorce situation out here back in these streets, chasing everything, everything, every woman I can. I know they don't want that. So the things that we talk about, I know it's because they care about my well being. So if you can find a group like that, uh, attach yourself to them as much as possible. And that's all I got. Well, you, and like I like to say at the end, you heard the church announcements, govern yourselves accordingly. And I guess we will be back with y'all on the next Monday. Um, I know y'all want to hear us more than on just Mondays, but hey, we got lives too. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we ain't got nothing else to say. Um, we out. Yeah, one more quote. I heard a quote the other day. Just leave out with this. I just looked it up. It says, "Okay, I might have saw this on social media." It says, "We have two lives, and the second begins when we realize we only have one." I saw that mm. today, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was that, like, man, it just makes you think. There yeah, you I saw that today, and and I, I saw the full context of that, um, and it really does make you think. So that's yeah. something good to go when you say. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate that one. Anything else? Now, now this that is, is all. Okay. Well, um, we out. Peace. Peace.